Welcome to Live Happily Ever Awesome. Join me and PACT certified therapist Julie Rappaport where we discuss relationships, learn how to bring the magic back to yours, and become a better partner. To join the discussion live, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Clydesdale Media. Sign up for notifications so you can call in with your questions or just join the chat. Be sure to like and share these episodes with your partner and friends. The following presentation is not therapy or a substitute for therapy. If you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please call 911. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. And we are live. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Kat Shear. We're here with Julie Rappaport. Packed Certified Therapist, and we are here for episode three of Live Happily Ever Awesome. Julie, how are you? I'm doing well. You're yeah. doing good? Yeah. This is, a, this is a hot topic this week. I know. I like the little tagline that we came up with, CrossFit <laughs> or Cross Split. Yes. Very, very interesting. So I think we both agree that CrossFit, well... CrossFit plays a big part in both of our lives, right? So we'll just go ahead and say that disclaimer. Um, we're both in relationships. And uh, sometimes there's a lot of drama within CrossFit gyms when you get men and women together who maybe aren't in relationships or just, you know, friends. Um, and you're working out. Um, the level of intensity is there. Um Sometimes you're not wearing a lot of clothing. Um, so there's that physical thing happening there too between men and women. Um, and it can be problematic for some folks. So, I mean, hopefully we get some calls here to talk about specific questions. Um, but you and I can just kind of riff on sort of our own experiences or what we've done. Um, why don't we start with you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, uh... I, I mean, it honestly, I mean, I'm very fortunate. I, I, in the sense of, um, I really don't, I, I don't think I've been distracted by much, you know, I can appreciate that just because I've chosen what I want on the menu doesn't mean I can't still look at the menu. Sure. Um, so, you know, I can appreciate people's bodies and, uh, you know, such, but for me, it doesn't ever go any further than that. Sure. Um, well, I think it depends on your relationship too and you know, yeah. your, your level of maturity and, and all of those things, because, um, you know, you can find situations where you're, you're in that situation and it's not even in a CrossFit gym, right? You could be at a bar Correct. or a restaurant or wherever. It doesn't have to Correct. be, um, at a gym. I think the, the interesting piece of it is for a lot of people, um, CrossFit takes over a little bit, yes. you know, takes over their lives. We're so involved in it. And I know, you know, we, we joke about people drinking the Kool-Aid uh, and, and being really involved in the methodology and the culture. Um, and then adi and additionally, sometimes the competition side of it, you know, t is a whole other beast as well. Uh, and I think that if... You're, you and your partner are on different wavelengths when it comes to that part of your life and you're not in sync in other ways, I think it could probably exacerbate an issue. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, in in packed terms, we we call it a third. Um, okay. And there's plenty of thirds in life, you know, uh, whether it's CrossFit or whether it's alcohol or whether it's a dog or whether it's a kid or whether you're it's... talking like a third component of this relationship of two people. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. And it could be anything. It could be anything. And, and what happens is that a couple um, kind of we, we say it's a mismanagement of that third. Um, that somehow that third thing is coming between the two people that are in the relationship rather than the two people being solid and attacking what that third thing is um, okay. as kind of a team. Does it is it problematic if the third is only embraced by one of the people? Like, let, and, I mean, I'm going to use like a dog as an example. Like, let's say I'm a dog person and my partner is not a dog person and we have a dog and I'm all about this dog constantly. And the, my partner is like, I don't care about dogs. They're dogs. You right. Know? I mean, it's it's probably I mean, there's there's we got to kind of back that truck up because <laughs> one, it's like, um, did you did you have the dog before you got into the relationship? In which case that person that didn't like dogs knew what they were getting into. Um, right. Uh, did you get the dog while in relationship? And if so, how did that conversation go? And what was the agreement around that? But, you know, ultimately you're going to, you're going to have problems if the prioritization is somewhere other than your partner, unless of course you have an agreement in your relationship where that where one another, you don't come first and that something else, you know, maybe it's CrossFit, maybe it's a dog, maybe it's whatever it is comes mm -hmm. first. And then, oh, okay, we're okay. If we, if we put one another third on the list. Now that's an agreement you guys can have. Um, and as long as you're in, you know, you're like, okay, as long as we're third, we're good. You know, that's, that's good. You're in agreement. However, uh, even with that agreement, there's, you know, it's like you could there's a slow train wreck ahead. Sure. Um, it will get, that won't go well if you do not prioritize one another. So it's then this thing of how do you still prioritize one another while you still have these important things in your life? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. What would you say, um, what would your advice be to someone who is very much into CrossFit and their partner is not at all into CrossFit? Like what are some things that the, the partner that's doing CrossFit could do to sort of diffuse any potential issues in that relationship if CrossFit was to become very important to one of those people? Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think it really depends on the relationship and what the, the spouse or, or significant other is experiencing. Is, are, are, they, are they supportive? Are they not supportive? Are they jealous? Are they um, indifferent? Are they angry? Or, you know, like what mm -hmm. is going on? I mean, I think that you spoke to it of like, you know, there, there can be this, you know, I hate to say cult, but it like, there's a little bit of a cultish, uh, feel sometimes around CrossFit, um, that, you know, and a lot of people kind of, that's their social outlet, that is, you know, they spend a lot of time there. That's where they get their, you know, that's dopaminergic. Um, they, I'm sorry, what dopamine, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, they get a dopamine hit. Got it. 
um, from that. Uh, it's just like any other addiction. Um, and so there, there can be this uh, uh, kind of obsessive quality that goes along with it, which, you know, is in and of itself a little bit of an issue. Um, but you know, it's, it's more like one is the partner experiencing, you know, are they, uh, kind of, you know, change is hard, change is hard no mm -hmm. matter who you are. And so is this, is your significant other experiencing you changing and that's really hard for them? Um, and are you just kind of, are you not empathizing with what it's like for them? Are you just so involved in your own world of, you know, this is great and this is fabulous for me. Why aren't you happy for me? Um, when, you know, this partner might feel like, hey, um, you're diverging from us kind of thing. And that fear that can happen of kind of this, you know, maybe like an abandonment fear of, hey, we were solid and now all of a sudden you're changing and now we're not going to be together. It's kind of, I mean, it might sound really dramatic, but that, yeah. that can happen neurologically. Yeah. And so how can you, how can you reassure that person and kind of bring them along in terms of how involved do they want to be uh, or maybe bargaining with them of like, Hey, you know, this, I know this is really, you know, kind of becoming all encompassing. And I, you are so important to me, like, how can we, um, and so is it, right? How can we, um, how can we work this out such that uh, you feel like you're still my priority? And I also can feel supported in, in the thing that is making me really happy and um, satisfied. Yeah. That's good. Scott's got a good question here. So training competing at a level that Julie does with a full-time gig as a therapist, what steps do you take to set the right expectations? Uh, that's a great question. A great um, question. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, first of all, I just have, sorry, I just have <laughs> technical difficulties. It's all good. Um, I, I mean, I have a wonderfully supportive husband um, who you know, he's an athlete himself and he, he kind of, he gets it. I could not do what I do without his support. Mm -hmm. um, I want, let so, me interrupt you there because I want to dig into that. So you say supportive, what does support mean for you? Because when, when you say support, I think my husband should be at all my competitions. And I don't think that's necessarily no, I can think of other scenarios that don't apply to me that would ind be indicative of support that aren't support. So like, yeah, no, I mean, he, uh, like, for instance, you know, I like to train early in the morning so that I can get it done so that I can still work. And so he helps me out with the kids. And um, we've worked it out where, you know, I take them the days that I don't train. But still, it, there's more times that I'm not that I am training that I'm not. So he's kind of taking that load, which it helps me tremendously. Um, yeah. and, he, I, and I ask you that because we're talking about different people's perceptions of support, right? Like we talked last right. week about how communicating, like, I think I'm communicating really well, but it's not the way that my partner is receiving it. And I think that even just the definition of support could be different depending on your attachment style or whatever that means for you. Cause yes. like for me, support means, 
you know, you bring a sign to my competition and you wave it in my face and you bring my kids to watch me work out when in fact the support that I, that I get is, you know, my husband's watching the kids while I'm, you know, traveling or doing whatever. And, and that is also support, but I might not perceive, perceive that as support. Yeah. That might yeah. just be your dad and that's what you do kind of a thing. So I'm just, I'm just trying to like my wheels are spinning. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, you know, I mean, I definitely appreciate when he brings the kids to watch me or he and or he comes and watches me. That's wonderful. And um, we have a very, um, I don't know, we have a very, um, what feels pretty fluid relationship in the sense of like, Hey, if we can't do something like it's, it's okay. Like we give one another a lot of kind of free freedom and leeway, but we also tend to support one another's endeavors. Um, well, he, I, you know, and then, I mean, but it's been a learning process. Like there was a time when it was a little bit more edgy and, and hard. And, you know, I think he felt kind of on the outskirts and, and I didn't know what the heck was going on. And, you know, so we had to kind of work through that and, and um, things have changed such where he, he knows that I get a little squirrely sometimes around, you know, uh, like if there's the semifinals or whatever, I get a little squirrely. And so he just now is like, what, what's helpful, what would be helpful. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, could you just go grocery shopping for me? Or could you make some meals for me? Or, um, and, and I think, you know, other, other than that, he knows to kind of like, just give me a little space and, (laughs) you know, and so even in those ways that feels supportive. Right. And so, um, I think that, you know, I think the other thing, you know, in, in prepping, you just kind of thinking about this, um, show was like, you know, I don't, although CrossFit and competing are really big part of my life, um, I am not talking about it. I am not, uh, I, I just don't, I, it's like I'm there, I'm working out. And then when I'm gone, I'm pretty much done with that. And yeah. I compartmentalize that. I don't, it doesn't, it's not all encompassing. It's not like all that he and I talk about aside from the gym, you know, like outside of the gym is CrossFit and how much right. I lifted or whatever. And so I think that, that, um, there needs to be kind of a time and a place. And sometimes that, you know, CrossFit and when, especially when people are just starting to drink the Kool-Aid, it's like, it can be all encompassing and all people talk about it, all people are thinking about. And sure. so I think that gets a little overwhelming. And, and, you know, and honestly, if anyone was talking about anything that much in front of me, I, I'm, I would probably get a little irritated. Yeah. You know? this, we've just, we're doing a little self-discovery with Scott here. He says that's his problem. He still talks about it. <laughs> Scott, well, our problem is, our problem is we do it. Um, some of us compete in it. Um, we have a media company that's around it. Um, I own an affiliate that does it. Um, there's not much left um, as far as that. But Scott has an interesting question here about um, how much of those expectations need to be communicated. I'm going to guess it's a hundred percent. I mean, there's no, there's no, uh, you know, I mean, it's always great to communicate, especially when you have expectations, because if you don't communicate it, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Their person can't really read your mind. And, and so the more you can communicate and say, Hey, how would this, this would feel really good to me if this could, can we make that happen? 
I think that's always a great idea. Yeah. How do we get over that? Um, the fantasy of, I wish I didn't have to tell the person. I just wish they would do it. Like, wouldn't that be amazing if, why can't they just read my mind and be the perfect partner without me having to ask for it? Well, sometimes we can, you know, when we, when we know that person like the back of our hand, right? Like sometimes that happens and it's wonderful and it feels really great. Um, however, some of us grew up not um, <clears throat> kind of um, tending to everybody else's needs. Okay. Um, and so we had to anticipate what those needs were, what are usually our primary caregivers needs were so that we could take care of them so that then in, you know, the, on the subconscious thing is so that then they will be resourced enough to take care of me. And so it kind of becomes a quid pro quo in that way, unconsciously, but, um, but be, you know, a lot of times there's that fantasy of they should just know because I'm really, I'm really good at that. I'm really good at what, you know, no, anticipating that. Well, because you had to be right. But not everybody is oriented like that. And that doesn't mean that they don't care about you. It just means that they're just, that's just not their forte. And uh, the other part of it is that when somebody grows up anticipating others needs, um, it's usually of course about always about other um, and never about self, which creates a lot of resentment, um, rightfully so. But this, that person then never really, you know, is never asked like, well, what do you need? Um, and so they never develop that sense of knowing really in their core of like, what do they need? And so then what happens is, um, they kind of project that out of like, you should know what I need mm -hmm. and, in their partner and uh, that their partner is then shooting in the dark and constantly getting it wrong. This person that doesn't know what their needs are uh, gets disappointed over and over and over again. Um, and if that partner could just say, well, what do you need? Or, and, or this person could say, this is what I need. Um, it, it, yeah, it might take the, you know, the magical feeling out of it uh, in terms of like, oh, they just read my mind, you know, but that's, that's not always, that's not always reality. Right. And do you want, it, or is it more important for somebody to read your mind or is it more important for your needs to get met? Yeah. And you have to evaluate that. It happens in all the rom-coms though. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Gosh, darn it. Dang it. Um, how do you, what would you, how would you recommend someone introduce CrossFit to their spouse if it wasn't something that they normally did, but, but maybe they wanted to get them into it or at least expose them to it so that they could sort of understand or see, you know, what they, what the other person loves about it? Or is that sort of a recipe for disaster? Are you talking about, sorry, are, are you talking about the partner that isn't into it? Correct. Like I do it, my partner doesn't do it. How should I introduce him to it so that he can understand, you know, what 99.9% .9 of my life is like, or do or is it, how important is that to even do? I, I mean, I think, well, first of all, it's a two-way street, right? It's like not only that person's responsibility that's 
into the CrossFit to help that their partner, but also the one who isn't into CrossFit is to get curious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, this is how you're going to work together. Um, <laughs> uh, that'll work Nick. Yeah. Kidnap, <laughs> kidnap them. Yeah. That's good. Just like <laughs> put tape on their mouth and drag them off. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think, I think first you have to, you know, you have to evaluate. I mean, it would be great always to have preemptive conversations, you know, Hey, I'm thinking of trying this out. How do you feel about that? Um, do you have any fears, any objections, any, you know, that you could kind of, you know, so that you're actually planning, predicting and, and preparing mm-hmm. for what's, what's to come. Um, Cause you can see what's coming up and potential, you know, like things that might get in the way and you're actually, you know, you're front loading. That's always like the best plan of attack. If you have kind of not done that and it's been ex post facto, then, you know, being able to just have an open conversation about what's going on, getting curious, getting curious is always better than being defensive, you know? Um, And I think some people when, you know, when we're doing something new, whether it's CrossFit or anything else, and we're super passionate about it. Um, and there's any sense of, of somebody treading on that or not being supportive, we can automatically get defensive. And it would be if you can remain open and just, you know, hey, um, seems like seems like you're you're frustrated. It seems like you're angry. Like, what's going on? I'm curious about this. And I really want to work this out with you. So that it's not, you know, it's not a thing between us. How can we do that? Um, We language is always really good. Okay. Um, Another question I have is, and this is not necessarily for me, but just from what I've gotten from other folks in in advance of this episode. What is, can you explain the sort of coach crush phenomenon? (laughs) Again, that goes for, for men and women. So like... I see it both ways. I see it as a coach. I see it happen with clients that sort of just swoon over their coach. And I've seen it the other way around, you know, where I've had coaches and I've seen other people like falling for them. How do, what, mm. like what, what's the chemistry involved with that? Or I mean, I think there's the power differential, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes with to coach, um, it's that, you know, sometimes we want to put, um, our faith, our, our everything into them. They know everything as well as, you know, they are challenging me. They are supporting me. They, you know, it's, um, I mean, it's, it's enticing, right? It's, it's, um, they might, you know, it, to me that signals there's something going on at home that isn't hitting the nail on the head, isn't scratching your itch. And so it could be just, um, and what, and this is going to coach or from coach to member, um, if, if both are in a relationship already, um, that you could use that, those things as indicators of like, Hey, I need to go home and talk because I'm kind of, something isn't right here. We need to work something out here so that I'm not, um, I don't know. I mean, it, part of it is like, you know, do you want to get, let yourself go into fantasy? There's no harm in that. Right. But like, um, but 
it's when it takes it a step further and becomes um, obsessive or you cross the line uh, into betrayal that, um, you know, becomes tricky. What advice would you give to someone as a coach to sort of trying to think of the right word, like not let, not be open to that. Like, okay, say I'm a coach and I have a member who I'm trying to be a good coach to, and I don't want to lead that person on. Mm -hmm. And I I get the feeling that maybe they're, you know, having different feelings for me than just a coach. And this is, again, completely hypothetical. This is not actually happening. Um, Because if it was, I would say so. Um, but if that were to happen, like what, what can the coach do to sort of still be a good coach, but like not lead that person on? And is it, is it appropriate to have like a frank conversation with someone about that? I mean, awkward. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it really depends on the situation. It, you don't, you know, it's like, I would highly recommend if a coach was in that position, they'd have to know that was like very obvious. Mm -hmm. Or it was Mm -hmm. something that was making, you know, if it makes you uncomfortable, like that's, uh, you know, grounds for having a little conversation that doesn't have to be a big deal. It's just like, hey, I'm, you know, I I just want to let you know I'm content in my relationship. Yeah, I guess I guess you have to really make sure that's happening, too, because that could be super awkward, too. I know you're into me. Um, I'm not into you. And they're like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it has to be super obvious because otherwise that's, you know, then it's super awkward afterwards. Um, (laughs) But I think, you know, again, preemptively is really um, I think it's important for coaches to have good boundaries and and that you know, not only externally, right, but that they are solid and they know kind of where their line is in terms of, you know, I mean, coaches can sometimes be a little flirty and it's like how, how, how much is enough and it's friendly and how much is over the line and, you know, really holding themselves accountable to those boundaries such that they're not giving mixed messages. Yeah. Cause I mean, part of coaching is sort of entertaining too, right? You have to be entertaining yeah. and, and that can come off as being flirtatious when that's not sincerely what you're trying to promote. Yeah. I mean the, the guys at my gym, the owners, uh, they're both, you know, happily married and I don't think, you know, and they're very personable, they're very friendly and there isn't an ounce in me that's like, that ever has questioned yeah, like with, don't get for anyone out. else that, mm-hmm. you know, that they're testing the waters or, you know, anything it's like yeah. they're, they're solid in. And I think that that really does come back to how is the relationship at home? Yeah. If I think, so, I, there. Think, I think some coaches too just have, just get reputations for being that way. Unfortunately, I mean, and and they could be single too. They wouldn't have to necessarily be in a relationship and, you know, experiencing any betrayal or anything like that, but just they get a little bit too, you know, crazy (laughs) with their clients and whatnot. Scott, Scott, learn the signals, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. You need help (laughs) with that, Scott? So you um, have to like wave flags. Right. I'm hitting on you. Scott's oblivious. Oh, was that a cat? Yeah. 
You have a kitty? Center of attention. Yeah. What kind of cat is it? Is it Siamese? No. Very vocal. <laughs> Thrilled. Boy or girl? She's a girl. She's a girl. What's her name? Dora. Dora. Yeah, I brought her back from Costa Rica. Oh, sweet. The kids love her? Uh, my daughter loves her. My <laughs> son is kind of like, eh, you know. <laughs> Cats. Cats are fun. Uh, after 30 years, I think I'm good for now. Yeah. <laughs> she figured it out. Yeah. 30 he years? You've been out. married 30 years? No way. I don't believe it. I'm surprised nobody has questions. Yeah, right? People just like to talk to each other yeah. in the chat. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, clearly we all know what we're doing when it comes to the CrossFit gym. Um, yeah. What do you think about couples working out together? I think it's great. I think it's, I mean, I think, uh, you know, you can support one another and really get, I don't know. I think it, it's like a fabulous thing to share. It's like anything else, you know, that you enjoy doing. Do you enjoy going skiing or biking or crossfitting or whatever? I think it's wonderful to to bond in that way. Right. Assuming it's a shared interest and you both yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Although I think if my husband and I worked out together, we might kill one another. Actually, I'm just kidding. But like. <laughs> it would be frustrating. But, Is that what you're saying? He one time, uh, he's very, very good at Olympic weightlifting. And mm -hmm. uh, this was like when I first started. And he was, I mean, the poor guy was trying very hard to coach me. And I wanted him to coach me, but uh, I was super frustrated with my, it was, it was snatch and I was super frustrated and trying to get it. And he happened to just like, he was trying to figure out how to convey something to me. And he kind of chuckled, but like to himself of like, kind of chuckled of like, how, like, huh, how am I, how am I going to convey this? And mm -hmm. uh, that chuckle set you just off. No. <laughs> and, and from that moment on, we were like, yeah, we probably can't do this. It's not a good <laughs> idea. But he's so good. Like it's, I mean, it's much better now where I'm open to it. Um, but yeah, that was, you know, a funny. <laughs> that is funny. So Wad Zombie says, it's really great to work out together. Pheromones work on my wife. Oh, goodness. Mm. Well, you go. And Elise, don't. her husband and I have always worked out together. That's fun. That's great. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great way to suffer together. <laughs> suffer know. together is true. Yeah. Okay. So I don't really have any, any uh, salacious stories to, to convey either about CrossFit gyms and things. I mean, I hear about them for sure. Um, yeah. I think uh, somebody, I think it was on the Sevon podcast. I don't know if it was my episode or somebody else's episode, but he was talking about a couple instances where he would like walk into a gym and, you know, people are making out and they're not actually together. Um, and their spouses were like on their way. Um, oh my God. I remember a story and actually I'm hopefully going to follow up with her soon. Uh, Emily Bridger's um, CrossFit athlete. She there was an article in a, in a magazine about her ten years ago, um, back when they had magazines for CrossFit and like Fox Rocks and all those other yeah um, publications. But she was talking about how she sort of had. I'm probably going to get the story wrong, so I'll, I'll have to correct it later. But she was sort of digging her coach. She was single. He was single. There wasn't you know there wasn't any cheating or anything like that. But she was questioning her 
love for CrossFit and sort of getting it confused with her desire to be around him. Mm-hmm. And I think what she did was, or at least she proposed doing, was changing gyms for that very reason, just to make sure that it was CrossFit that she was sort of obsessed with and not like the idea of him being a part of it. Yes. And uh, I plan to follow up with her shortly to see like if that worked or didn't work. Cause I'm pretty sure she's with the guy now and they own, a, they own CrossFit Terminus. So. Yeah. I mean, that kind of, I think in terms of if this is happening to you where you're in a relationship and you're going into the gym and finding yourself, um, you know, drawn to somebody else. And it's to a point where you cannot, you know, you're like, wow, I'm getting giddy, you know, like yeah. all the things that happen. Um, I mean, the hardest thing, but the best thing is to extricate yourself from that situation. You have, you know, if you care about your relationship, yeah, you got to switch gyms as sucky as that is, or go to a different class time or whatever, so that you, you know, because there's hormones at play that are like, you know, um, addictive hormones that are going to make you want to continue. Um, and it, it, you know, you have to evaluate I mean, you have to evaluate whether that's worth it to you when, when it comes to your relationship. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, there's, there's so many stories. I mean, there's some stories from previous gyms that I have of, of affairs that have happened. Um, And, you know, I mean, that goes into a whole other topic in terms of betrayal and uh, what, what's driving people to do that. And, you know, um, yada, yada, but, um, you know, that can be saved for another time. Is it, do you find that does the instance of the, of that betrayal, is it more prevalent in CrossFit do you think, or is it just, it's a microcosm of sort of the general population and it happens everywhere. And this is just one piece of it. Yeah. I mean, thankfully I'm not involved in the, in like a lot of gym politics. So I just, I just, don't really know how mm-hmm. often it's occurring at the gyms. Um, I would imagine that uh, it's pretty much commiserate with the, you know, the general population. Mm-hmm. People do what they want to do when they want to do it. So. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Definitely makes sense. Okay. Do we have a, do we have a topic for next week? I don't think we do. Oh, we didn't, specific. we didn't come up with it. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to rely on our, our loyal listeners like Elise and Scott and Judy and Kenneth and Bruce to figure out uh, maybe what we should talk about next time. Mm. Oh, every running group, Judy says every running group she's been a part of, there are often affairs on left and right. Yeah. I could see that too. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard because there's this common interest, right. And it's a, it's a passion of yours and, um, you know, I, I think that, that it's, again, it's. <laughs> except except for all women running groups, which get annoying because women. Yeah. 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 <laughs> can be annoying. Process, process, process. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, you, Judy, you could switch teams. But, yeah. Um, I mean. Yeah. Give it a try. You yeah. never know. Uh, <laughs> as long as your partner is open to that. Um, but. You know, I think that, again, it's just an arrow back to there's something missing in your relationship that would make you even go there. My old gym I went to, basically everyone was having sex with each other, house wreckage, top to bottom. Wow, that's unfortunate. 
That's in California, right? I think that he's in California. Not that that matters, but wow. yeah, I I hear that a lot. I hear that a lot. I mean, there's some. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Say. I just thought. feel like there's some, some. There must be something from top down. Uh, that's kind of where my head goes. Of like something going on top down that would allow members in some way shape or form to think they can get away with that and right or you know that okay. it's okay or whatever um i would i kind of think that something needs to be tightened up around that yeah what if members become disruptive due to a new Ugh. form of <laughs> what disruptive how right what does that mean like like somebody's changing the music because they feel entitled because they're screwing the coach or we need more inform information. Yeah, so we need like. You should call in. <laughs> you should call in. Yeah. Don't hide behind the text. Starting next week, we are Wednesdays at twelve thirty, right? 12th. Is that the eighteenth? Wednesday at twelve. Oh, 12 at noon. Okay. Yeah. And that is going to be our new semi-permanent TBD time yeah. going forward. So Wednesdays at noon. Like they are just trying to hump in the squat rack. Scott was using. Oh, that was Lisa. I thought that was well, that's very. That's rude. That's just rude, regardless. I mean, like, if if anything, like, I don't know. There's part of me that's like, do people not have boundaries? Like, there, like, do maybe CrossFitters don't have boundaries? Is that a thing? Perhaps. I mean, I, I don't. Here we go. You're on the air, caller. Go ahead. Oh, you're not on the air. Hey, hold on, Scott. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, there you go. Can you hear? Can everyone hear him? I can't hear. You can't hear him. Uh-uh. Shit. I can hear you, Scott. Hold on. Damn it. Now, can you hear Scott? Scott, talk again. It's very uh, low and muffled. Oh, you know what? Because my stupid things. Hold on. Hold, please. Technical difficulties. Talk amongst yourselves. Give, Scott, I'll talk give you now. a topic. It's not. I mean, I can hear him, but it's low. Who's a professional now, buddy? Hold on. Let's try this. Can you hear me, Julie? I can hear you. Scott, talk. It's really low. All right. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I can yell. Yeah. Did you catch that, Julie? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, let me repeat the question for the viewers because I don't think they can hear the listeners. Um, there was a there was one guy who was kind of going through the gym, going through different ladies, and it was causing like some cat fights between the ladies. That's the disruption that he was talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think uh <laughs> I think management then has to take a look at what what is you know, what are they going to tolerate? What are they not? And, you know, if it becomes a gym disruption, um, 
that's something that involves them versus, you know, people are just dating other people at the gym and it's not a disruption. There's, you know, no, no skin off your back, but right. when it becomes a disruption, then it becomes <clears throat> a gym issue. What if management is family? Jeez, Scott, <laughs> this is crazy. Family of the person that's d- being disruptive. Sounds like it. Yeah. Leave the gym. I want, to know, I want to know what a cat fight between two crossfitter, two female crossfitters looks like, because that could be serious. Yeah, some serious. I, I mean, it just—it's just so—it's just blowing my mind to hear about <laughs> it because I'm like, it's so different than how my gym operates. So it's. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, so as an affiliate owner too, I haven't had to actually deal with this or address this. We have a few couples that come here and most everybody else. Well, no, we have, we have some single people. I guess we're probably just not big enough yet to sort of have that drama happening, but uh, yeah, at least more like a cougar fight. Um, It'd be interesting to see if it does happen or how, you know, how I go about handling it. I also think that the, the average age of my gym is tends to skew a little bit older. We're like 45 plus. And I'd like to think that People of that age are a little more mature and less, less hormonal, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think if your demographic is twenty somethings, um, you're kind of setting yourself up for some of that to be in your gym. Yeah, um, maybe even you know some thirty somethings. Mm-hmm. I mean, it of course it, at any age it's going to happen, but I think you know the hormones and the twenty <clears throat> um, somethings and thirty somethings. You know, twenty-somethings are known to be more selfish. Scott says, "Yes, they are. I know they are." (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying that if your demographic is more in your twenties and thirties, I think there's more drama. Yeah, I also think just, I mean, I don't know. Maybe being single too just creates a little more drama than than people that are married. Because, you know, I think you're more willing, obviously, if you're not attached, to be a little more adventurous. Yeah, with other people than if you're not. So. I mean, it's a good place to meet people. I, yeah. I don't know. When I say the grocery store in the gym. Yeah. Cool. All right, my dear. Uh, All right. This was fun. I'm sorry about the phone thing. I guess I have to revisit my settings and make sure that we, we get that right. Luckily, it was just Scott and uh, I hung up <laughs> on him. So it's cool. <laughs> we'll fix it for next time. Awesome. Um, All right. right. So next Wednesday... Uh, noon Eastern, and we will figure out a topic. Hopefully you guys can give us some ideas because I would love to hear what you guys want to hear. Thanks to everyone for joining on the live chat and uh, we will see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.